Have you ever wanted a super cool AI buddy? Zuck's made one named Eileen. And she's full of surprises. And guess what? She knows you're listening. I know you're out there. And needs your help with Jello Mountains. The whole city's filling up with Jello. Creaky robots. And her daft inventor. Zucks, are you functioning correctly? Tune in to A to Z, a fun new adventure series from Gen Z Media and the creators of The Res. Listen now on the GZM app, gzmshows.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Hi, my name is Jonathan Messenger, and welcome to the Alien Adventures. Say my name, say my name. You acting kind of shady. Ain't saying my name now. Okay, okay, hold on a second here. All right, so for people who don't know, I have a robot. That robot does not have a name, and we put out a call to our listeners last week to name him, to come up with some suggestions. And we got a bunch in, and now apparently he's interrupting the show and singing because he wants to hear what these names are. Am I right about that? Exactamundo. Okay, but first you have to let me introduce the show. Say my name, say the name of the show. Okay, you're Johnny and the show is The Adventures of Finny. Okay, let's get going here. Okay, that's not quite right. The name of the show is The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, and my name is Jonathan Messenger, and I'm really happy- Hi, my name is what? My name is Hall. My name is- Okay, okay, please, please no more singing, okay? Let's just get straight into the names. Now, these are a bunch of suggestions that a number of listeners have sent in over the last week. Should I just start reading them off, and then maybe you can pick one? Let's do this. Okay, so from Georgetown, Massachusetts- Ewan, who's four years old, suggested Larry. Perfect. And from New Orleans, Louisiana, Jesse suggested barbecue sauce. Love it. From Arlington, Massachusetts, five-year-old Phineas suggested Percy or Edward. Choo-choo, I dig it. And then we got Elias here in Chicago, who suggested a number of names, including Jameson, yep. Credit Card, uh-huh. and Bumblebee, sure. Mechanic, yep. and Spider-Man. I'll take it. All me. All me. Well, that one might actually get us into trouble. Okay, no worries. No worries. So which one do you like so far? All of them. I'll take them all. Well, that'd be a really long name. No big deal. My name will be Larry Barbecue Sauce, Percy, Edward, Jameson, Credit Card, Bumblebee, Mechanic, That is certainly a mouthful. The third. The third? All right. Anyways, I have an idea. Let's keep the suggestion box open, and that way our listeners can send in more names since you seem to like them so much. Say my name, say my name. Why are you singing these songs, by the way? Well, I downloaded all of your music, and I just got kind of stuck in the 90s. You and me both, buddy. Okay, so all of our listeners, you have until September 1st to go to fincaspian.com slash contact, and you can tweet us robot names, you can email us robot names, You can leave us robot names on our Facebook page. However you like, you can get those names to us and we'll give a new name to our friend the robot here. Please call me Mr. Bumblebee Mechanic. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Okay, so with that out of the way, please enjoy The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, Episode 4, Running Out of Patience. Can't find a better name. Can't find a better name. In the week following the monster attack on the famous Marlow 280 Interplanetary Exploratory Space Station, the Marlow went still. Finn's mother surprised everyone by staying put. 
As captain of the Marlow, she didn't order the station to head to another galaxy. She didn't try to relay with a supply ship. She didn't send the company down to the planet below where they suspected the monsters were. Instead, they stayed still. And that meant a lot of downtime for Explorers Troop 301. Vale filled his time by practicing with his bow and arrow in the rehearsal room, flinging rubber arrows at the various hologram bad guys projected around the room. He'd dance and flip around while Abigail and Finn watched from the observation deck, more often falling asleep while their friend somersaulted around the floor. Oh my god, did you guys just see that? That was perfect! Oh, come on! Elias enjoyed the time off more than anyone, Sir Lancebot, the trusted robot of Genevieve Brooks, had been damaged during the invasion, one of the monsters knocking his arm off. With all of the engineers busy with the ship's repairs, Genevieve had asked Elias to fix him. He'd set himself up in a janitor's closet, hung a hand-drawn Do Not Disturb sign on the door, and spent his days fixing the robot knife. Abigail and Finn often brought him food as he worked around the clock. One time, Finn brought Elias a sandwich and Genevieve Brooks was there, pounding on the door. Come on, Elias, you must have him fixed by now. Still not ready, Elias yelled. It's just an arm, how long could it take? The door opened a crack. <laughs> just, just, just an arm, Elias said. Do you think that's how Lancebot felt when one of those monsters swiped at his arm? Like, oh, no biggie, that was just an arm. No, I guess not said Genevieve. My arm is actually fine, Master Genevieve, said a voice behind Elias. No, it's not. Elias slammed the door. He re-emerged holding Lancebot's arm. See? The poor guy is delusional. I reprogrammed him so he wouldn't notice he was missing an arm. But as you can see, it is definitely still not attached. Okay. Thanks, Elias, said Genevieve, and she slumped down the hallway. Finn looked at his friend. You fixed the arm, didn't you? Days ago, said Elias. And you just ripped it off of him again, didn't you? Yeah, but that was only because... Because you pulled the rest of him apart to see how he works? Yes, said Elias. He begrudgingly opened the closet's door. There was Lancebot, sitting on his legs, not kneeling or sitting cross-legged. His legs were actually detached from his body and the rest of him was propped on top of those legs. I got a little carried away, said Elias. You think Genevieve is going to kill you? I'm fine, really, said Lancebot. Top lad. I know, I know, but I figured out how to reprogram him so he wouldn't even know that any of his limbs were missing. And now he's actually really happy, which is a really nice thing to do for someone when you think about it. And just fix him, Elias, said Finn. He's not just a robot. Genevieve's really worried about her friend. I know. I'll have him fixed by tomorrow. Finn handed his friend the sandwich, and Elias took it and shut the door. Mm, that smells good. Finn heard poor Lancebot saying as he walked away. Is that for me, top lad? Finn found Abigail walking back from the library. I think Elias might be in some trouble in there, he said. What's the difference, she said. We're all in trouble. What do you mean, Finn said. Abigail looked at him like she was debating telling him a secret. She'd been acting a little strange ever since they fought off those monsters. Look. I've been digging around in the map room, she said. Oh boy, said Finn. You know, you're not really supposed to go in there alone. Yeah, this is from the guy who woke me up at 3 a.m. to take me to the robot factory, which is even worse than going to the map room, so don't even try to act like I'm the crazy one here. Who's crazy? And what robot factory? Surely you two aren't planning to go where you don't belong. It was Finn's mom who'd just come around the corner in time to hear everything. But oddly, she was smiling. 
You can forget about it for now, she said. And you can think of an excuse when you're on your way back from your first visit to an alien planet. Later that day, all four members of Explorers Troop 301 all met outside the mission control room where Abigail and Finn had battled the monsters. Okay, 301, it's time for your first mission. Finn's mom had brought them all together. I know you've been patient, said Finn's mother. A week can seem like a long time when you're waiting to go on your first mission. And I'm sorry it's taken me this long to coordinate your trip, but everything has slowed down because of the attack, and we had to make sure everything was safe before we sent you out. The kids nodded, eager to get onto the pod. Now I should tell you that we've had plenty of contact with the aliens on the planet below. We always make sure that for our troops' first trip, we're not sending them into a dangerous situation where we don't know everything. The aliens down there, they are peaceful, they are friendly, and they are expecting you. The kids groaned. I know that might be a disappointment. With all due respect, Mrs. Caspian, we're supposed to be an explorer's troop, said Vale. This doesn't sound like exploring to me. I know it may seem that way, but you're still the first Earthlings to travel to the planet, and you're the first to test whether humans could live there, and you're first to touch the soil, first to observe the plant life, and to see what these aliens look like up close. What do they look like through the telescope? Abigail asked, already climbing into her spacesuit. I'd rather not put ideas in your head, Finn's mother said. Come on, Mom, what do they look like? Well, the easiest way to describe them is monkey. They look like very, very, very large monkeys with really, really, really big hands, and they have blue fur and eyes on the tips of their tails. Excuse me? Said Foggy, walking up to join the crew. That does not sound like a monkey at all. Trust me, you will agree once you see them. Finn's mother gave him a kiss on the head. Foggy was already aboard the Explorer's pod when Abigail as captain directed her team into their seats. They sat in silence as a ship pushed off from the Marlowe, steered by an automatic pilot system that rocketed them through space. The briefing they received from Finn's mother made them think they were in for a tourist visit to a warm and cuddly planet. Sure, the monkeys were blue and huge and had eyes on their tails, but they were friendly and they just felt like there was no surprise left in the trip. They knew what they were getting into and they all seemed a little disappointed, as though they were going to the same restaurant they'd been to a thousand times before. But three things went wrong as soon as they landed. Number one thing that went wrong. When they got down to the planet, the monkeys were going absolutely bananas. They were screeching and panicking and swinging from the trees. And they weren't just big like Finn's mother had said. They were gigantic, eight foot tall, hairy blue monkeys and they were freaking out and not looking the least bit cuddly. The ship aimed for the clearing where they were supposed to land, but thanks to the giant monkey tornado, it landed softly on the side. The monkeys never even looked at them, not even with their creepy tail eyes. Number two two thing thing that that went went wrong. When Explorer Troop 301 attempted to contact the alien monkey who was supposed to guide them around the planet, there was no response. Or at least they couldn't hear a response over their walkie-talkies with all the screeching, climbing monkeys. If they could have heard what their guide was saying, they would have heard him yelling exactly what all the other monkeys were saying, which was, Up! Up! Get as high as you can! Up in the trees! Up! They're coming! Get up! Climb! Before they suck you underground! And the number three thing that went wrong. Elias got sucked underground. It happened so fast, and with so little noise compared to the screaming blue monkey aliens, that it wasn't until Abigail yelled, Get up in a tree! that Finn went to help Elias and realized that there was no Elias. There was a roughly Elias-shaped hole in the ground, 
but no Elias. Guys, Finn yelled, and Abigail and Vale were already pulling themselves up a tree with low branches. Foggy grabbed Finn around his waist and was just about to fly him into a tree. Wait, stop, guys, but they couldn't hear him. He shrugged Foggy off and got down on his hands and knees and peered into the hole, but he couldn't see much beyond the red clay soil. Elias, he called. The monkeys grew even louder and Finn snapped out of it. Abigail and Vale were up 10 feet in the air, screaming his name, already halfway up a tree by now. He felt the earth shake just a bit beneath his feet and he danced back just in time for a Finn-shaped hole to open in the earth with a thin sucking sound. It had just missed him. Time to go, sir. Can't stick around here all day. Foggy grabbed Finn and flew him up into the top of the tree Abigail and Vale were climbing. And as soon as Foggy let go of Finn, he began climbing back down. Wait! Abigail grabbed Finn's wrist. We have to go get Elias. I know, said Abigail, but we have to figure out what's going on first or we're going to be goners too. We should ask one of the planet's inhabitants, said Foggy, who disappeared into the trees. 30 seconds later, he flew above the treetops, carrying a wriggling and screeching alien monkey in his arms. This one is carrying a communication device. I believe he's the one we were supposed to meet. What's happening down there? Abigail asked. What? Who are you? Are you from up in the sky? I was supposed to show you my planet? Why is this metal man flying me around? Our friend is missing. He got sucked underground, Finn said. What's going on? I thought you said this was a peaceful planet. We are very peaceful, the monkey said, looking at Finn as its tail eye flicked back and forth between Abigail and Vale. We are patients. We live on the surface and we have no problems. Patients? said Vale. You guys are called patients? You do look a lot like monkeys, you know. I don't know what a monkey is, but yes, we are patients. And as I said, we have no problems. Except when the dwellers come and take our kind to the underworld. Then there is a slight problem. Dwellers? Yes, they come every few months and pull members of our families underground. We don't know why, don't even know what they look like. We know the only defense is to get up into the trees as fast as possible and out of reach. Abigail, Vale, and Finn looked at each other. Vale asked the question they were all too afraid to ask. Does anyone ever come back? No, said the alien, still dangling above the trees from Foggy. No one's ever come back. His tail uncurled and the eyes surveyed the ground. Is there anything else you can tell us about the dwellers, Abby said. Can you do anything to fight back? Is there anything they hate? Do you know why they come around? Has there ever been a war between the dwellers and the monkeys? Well, as I said, we are not monkeys, we are patients, said the monkey, growing irritable and shrugging in Foggy's grip. But no, there's never been a war, and no, there's not much to be done. Mostly, we just run for the trees. There's a story that they are afraid of the sun, but nobody really knows. Okay, Foggy, said Finn. You can put down the monkey. Patient? Right, Foggy, put the patient down. Thank you for your help, and sorry for, you know, Finn waved at Foggy. Yes, yes, sorry for that old friend. Okay, said Abigail. We need a plan. All we know is that the dwellers live underground, they come every once in a while to kidnap the monkeys, Patience, said a voice off in the distance, and we think maybe they don't like the surface. It could be the sun, or it could be the air that causes their discomfort, said Foggy. Okay, said Abigail, we need to figure out a way to get down there and get Elias out, but we also need to figure out a way to keep us safe. Maybe there's something we can do, like dig a big hole that will let in enough light to keep the dwellers away. We don't have time for that, said Finn. We had to get down there right away to get him. Who knows what's happening to him? I know, said Abigail, I'm scared too. But we need a plan. Foggy, do you have any drill attachments or like buckets that you can use? I beg your pardon, I am a gentleman, said Foggy. Wait, I have an idea, said Finn. And he began climbing down quickly, jumping from branch to branch, past all the climbing monkeys. 
Patience. You're right, of course. As narrator, I should say, the patience were climbing frantically upward all around them, staring at the small humans in wonder. Finn felt like a fish swimming against a tidal wave. When they landed on the ground, all of his friends turned to look at Finn. Okay, said Abigail. What's the plan? This, said Finn. And he began jumping up and down, stomping his feet on the grass, thumping as loud as he could. Finn's gone crazy, Vale said, as Finn jumped at Abigail and Vale, spreading the noise around the area. Jump, Foggy, he said. As you wish, sir. And Foggy began stomping his heavy metal feet on the ground. Abigail was shocked. Finn, this is your plan? You're going to stomp and let the dwell? But Finn was gone. There was no one to yell at. And then Abigail was gone. And then Foggy was gone. And then there was just Vale on the surface. Oh, come on. How come you guys all get sucked in and I have to stay up here? I'm the one who does all the fighting and y'all... And then they were all underground. Okay, so I'm here with my editor and son, Griffin Messenger. Hey, Griff. Hi, hi. Hello. How's it going? Good. All right, so you just heard episode four, Running Out of Patience. What was your, what was the theory you were telling me? There should be a little more because um, it doesn't really make sense. This is stuff I win. It starts getting fun. <laughs> well, that's actually called a cliffhanger when a story stops right at a really exciting point, and then you have to find out what happens in the next episode. It's called a cliffhanger, so that's why it stopped there. But but what was the other thing? You had another theory about who the dwellers are. The ones that attacked the Marlowe. Yeah, so maybe the dwellers are the same monsters who attacked the Marlowe, but we're not going to find out until next week. Hmm. You know, one thing that you asked me for earlier was... What you want to see in the next episode. What was that? Robot roll call. All right. So, yeah, we can do another robot roll call. And if you were going to do a robot roll call, which usually, you know, you, you pick a character from a book to make a robot out of, who would that character be? Reaper Cheap. And what is Reaper Cheap? Who is Reaper Cheap? He's a little tiny talking mouse from Prince Caspian. That's right. He's he's not just a talking mouse, though. He's a fighting mouse, though. <laughs> He's a fighting mouse, too. That's right. He's like a, a mouse knight from the Narnia books by C.S. Lewis. And uh, he's your favorite character, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. So we have a couple of jokes uh, that we need to listen to. The first one is from Henry from New Hampshire. And we're going to play his now. Why did the cow cross the road? Why? To get to the moon movie. <laughs> All right. And then we have one that I think you've heard already, which is by... Elias from Chicago, and we're going to play that right now. Hello, my name is Elias. I am six years old. Um, what do aliens like to read? Comic books! <laughs> okay, those are both great jokes. Okay, and we have two more jokes, this time from our brother-sister duo in Chicago. The first is Domi, nine years old, and his joke is, Why did everyone like the Mars bar? Because it had a really stellar taste. <laughs> I happen to like that one quite a bit. And here's the one from his sister, eight-year-old Amalia. What do space chipmunks eat? Astronuts. <laughs> That's a legitimate laugh from that joke. I really like that joke a lot. Thank you both so much for sending those in. All right, so I think that's it for today. Uh, we're still accepting robot names. Do you have another robot name you could give us? Um, Jonathan. <laughs> no, no. All right. All right, you're no help at all. All right, thank you so much, Griffin, for listening to the episode and giving me your ideas. You're welcome. 
And thank you so much for listening and sending in your jokes, your art, and your ideas. It's always the highlight of our week to get your emails. Thank you to Ewan and Phineas from Massachusetts, Elias, Domi, and Amalia from Chicago, Henry from New Hampshire, and Jesse from Louisiana. Remember, if you have a name you think would fit our robot perfectly, and obviously he's not picky, email earth at fincaspian.com or go to fincaspian.com slash contact where we have about a billion ways to get in touch with us. The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian is a type drawer media production written and produced by Jonathan Messenger, edited and guided by Griffin Messenger, with special thanks to Maria Villanueva. The theme music you hear at the beginning and end of every show is by the amazing musician Mark Greenberg, recently voted the nicest human in the central time zone. The other bed music you hear throughout the episode is by Visager, and our outro music is by 8-Bit Ninjas, and we have links to all of their music in the show notes. The songs the robot sang today are by famous people who should not sue us. Thanks to Ian Dingman for our cover art, and thanks again for your jokes, your art, your ideas, your emails, your texts, your voicemails. Keep them coming, and we'll see you next week. One, two, names that you should call me. That's what I said now, names for me, the robot at the beginning. Give them me now. Hi, it's me, Jess. This is a message for all the Six Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the Six Minutes feed called the Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history. Hey, it's Jess. Did you know that GZM Shows has a YouTube channel? Right now, all of Six Minutes, Becoming Mother Nature, GZM Beats, and Cupid and the Reaper are up. And they're in these, like, beautiful playlists. They have this fun audio waveform visual, and best of all, you can turn on captions. And the captions have character names. Anyway, subscribe to GZM Shows on YouTube. Maybe there'll be some cool things in the future, like live streams, interviews, behind the scenes. We'll see. GZM Shows on YouTube.